1: So last time, then we mentioned the seven different methods. The seven different methods that the Prophet
0: ﷺ used in warning against shirk. Moving on from that now, we also mentioned the statement of an Imam
1: Ibn al-Qayyim where he spoke about the
0: graves and how the people they build on top of the graves and they build the tombs and they build the shrines and all of that type of thing is impermissible in Islam. Ibn qayyim said, وَمَنْ جَمَعَ بَيْنَ سُنَّةِ الرَّسُولِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ فِي الْقُبُورِ وَمَا أَمَرَ بِهِ وَنَهَى عَنْهُ وَمَا كَانَ عَلَيْهِ أَصْحَابُهُ وَبَيْنَ مَا عَلَيْهِ أَكْثَرِ النَّاسِ الْيَوْمِ رَأَ أَحَدَهُمَا مضادا للآخر, مُنَاقِضًا لَهُ." Ibn al-Qayyim said, if you were to compare between the sunnah of the messenger وسلم, regarding the graves, and that sunnah is, as we just mentioned, the impermissibility of placing headstones and tombs and shrines and making all these beautifications people do on top of graves, and you were to compare that sunnah of not doing those things and the practice of the companions in not doing those things if you were to compare that to the people today then you would see that there is a complete contradiction between what people do today what muslims do today compared to what the Prophet sallallahu informed us of regarding the graves and the graveyards there is a complete contradiction from the Muslims to what is found in the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the practice of the Muslims today Compared to what the Prophet ﷺ taught us, it cannot come together and be united because the two are completely opposite. Fanaha Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa For example, the Prophet forbade us from praying to the graves. Salah, praying to the graves. Yet nowadays, you see these people praying in the graveyards and praying to the graves. And that is not janazah. Janazah can be an exception in the graveyard. But other prayers, you see them doing it. وَنَهَا عَنِ اتِّخَاذِهَا مَسَاجِدٍ وَهَأُولَئِيَ al عَلَيْهَا الْمَسَاجِدِ وَيَسَمُّونَهَا مَشَاهِدٍ And the Prophet ﷺ as another example forbade us, forbade us from taking the graves as places of worship as masajid Yet the people nowadays, they do exactly that. They bury their so-called awliya in the mosques, And so they make that place of burial, a masjid, completely opposite to what the Prophet wasallam prohibited us from. لِبْيُوتِ اللَّهِ وَنَهَا عَنْ إِيقَادِ السَّرْجِ الْوُقُوفِ عَلَىٰ الْقَنَادِيلِ عَلَيْهَا The Prophet also forbade us from putting lights and lanterns on top of graves. But now they do exactly that. They put the lights and the, the lanterns and other glowing things on top of the graves. And imagine Ibn al-Qayyim is saying this seven, eight hundred years ago. This is Ibn al-Qayyim saying people were doing those things seven, eight hundred years ago, and even now, to this day, exactly the same thing is happening. أن تتخذ عيدا وهؤلاء يتخذونها ومناسك يجتمعون لها كاجتماعهم للعيد وأكثر. Another example, the Prophet forbade us from taking the graves as places of constant and repetitive visitation. It's good to visit the graves. Remember the afterlife, make dua for the dead, give salam upon them, but not to make regular scheduled patterns of visitation. That's the meaning of Eid. When the Prophet Sallallahu said, Do not take my grave, Do not take my grave as an Eid. Hadith. Prophet Sallallahu said, Do not take my grave as an Eid. And the meaning of Eid is scheduled regular visitation. Like a person says every Jum'a after Jum'ah prayer, I'm going to visit the grave. Or every Fajr on a Tuesday and a Thursday, I'm going to visit the grave. Regular pattern scheduled visits. That is not Sunnah to do. But what do the people do now? Exactly that. When they go to Medina, for example, after Fajr, every day I have to visit the grave. After Asar, every day is the routine. Even here now, every Jum'ah, I have to go and see the grave of such and such a relative. Scheduled repetitive visitation is not the Sunnah, but that is exactly what the people do. Another example, wa kama muslim fi Another example is that the prophet commanded us to flatten the graves When you bury someone to make that flat We were commanded to do that and there is a hadith where Ali عنه, said to Abul Hayyaj, shall I not send you out to do the same thing that the Prophet had sent me out to do? And that was, <laughs> Then Ali told him what that was what it was that the prophet had sent him out on the mission he had sent him out on he said it was he was told ali was told by the prophet do not leave any picture except that you wipe it out get rid of pictures of living things and do not leave any grave that is sticking out head, headstones and other things making the grave bulge do not leave any grave like that, except that you flatten it to the ground, make it flat to the ground. You've seen baqi'a, baqi'a graveyard. Even if you haven't been there, you've seen the pictures maybe. All it is, is a small mound of earth, a little bit above the ground level because it's allowed up to a hand span, up to a hand span, So that little bit of a mound you see of the dirt on top of the grave, that's it. It's not supposed to be a headstone, which is not one hand but two, three, four, five hand spans tall. One hand span is allowed in the sunnah. That's why in Baqiyah, for example, you see a small rock. They'll put that at the head of the burial, at the head of the grave, just to identify the grave. A small rock, no bigger than a hand. But that is all it's supposed to be. These tombstones and headstones in the loving memory and everything. And then they build on the side of the graves now. This wasn't something we'd seen before, but now they do it in recent times. You go to the graveyards now, every grave is sectioned off. People come and they build small fences. Maybe a foot high, two foot high around that grave, make it into a little structure all of this impermissible ali ibn Abi talib said the prophet had sent him on a mission any pictures you see of living things get rid of them wipe them out and any graves that you see sticking up out bulging out then make them flat but now again ibn al-qayyim is giving this example of the people doing the opposite They want the grave of their deceased one to be apparent and bold with a big headstone and a structure around it and other wood and fence and everything and cement and bricks. All of this impermissible. People these days, not only do they oppose that narration of keeping the graves flat, they don't just oppose it. They go to excessiveness in opposing it. Not just a little bit higher, maybe two or three hands. They go to building huge structures on top of their graves now. In excessiveness going against the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. They raise up the graves from the ground level like it's a small house or something. And they put all of these types of domes or other structures on top of the graves. And there is a hadith which prohibits us from the painting and the, the uh, cementing or the building of a structure on top of the graves. Prohibition to do that. Hadith of Jabir, where the Prophet said. And it's in Sahih Muslim. أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم نهى عن تجسيس القبر وأن يقعد عليه وأن يبنى عليه That the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم forbade us from the beautification of the grave or that you sit on top of the grave or that you build on top of that grave. ونها رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عن الكتابة عليها And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم also forbade us from writing on top of the graves And that's mentioned in Sunan Abi Dawood Hadith of Jabir again أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم نها عن تجسيس القبور وأن يكتب عليها that the Prophet وسلم, forbade us from the beautification of the graves, or that we write upon them. Nowadays, people they have the headstones. The headstones and they write the loving memory and names and everything but on top they also start writing ayat of the quran you see some of them with the headstones with ayatul kursi on it some of them with all that written on top of the headstone they start writing quran on top of the headstone where has that ever been from the practice of the prophet sallallahu wasallam or the practice of the sahaba when we say when we say we follow the quran and the sunnah with the practice of the sahaba then that is something you have to implement you now go and put a headstone on with ayat of the quran and Qul and ayatul kursi and everything there who did that before you did the prophet ever do that to any of the companions who died did the companions ever used to do that for other companions who died? Did any of the imams of the past ever do that? You have made that up yourself. Imitating the people and the cultures and what you see. من Whomsoever imitates a people then is from them. It has never been the practice of Islam to build headstones and write names on there and write Quran on there. Who has ever told you the Qur'an is to write on the headstone of somebody who's died on the grave? Qur'an is to read and memorize and understand and learn and practice, not to write it on a headstone or a tomb on the grave of somebody who's died. So you can see all of these oppositions that people have to what the Prophet ﷺ informed us of. عَلَيْهَا الاجر والجص والاحجار قال ابراهيم النخائي كانوا يكرهون الاجر على قبورهم والمقصود ان هؤلاء المعظمين للقبور والمتخذين لها اعيادا الموقدين عليها السرج الذين يبنون عليها المساجد والقباب مناقضون لما امر به رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم محادون لما جاء به واعظم ذلك اتخاذها مساجد وايقاد السرج عليها So these people now they are going against the narrations of the Prophet by beautifying the graves, painting them, writing upon them, building upon them, taking them as scheduled regular places of visitation, placing lights and lanterns upon them, domes and other types of structures on them. They are contradicting the command. Of the Prophet, and that is from the speech of Ibn al Qayyim, where he mentions look at all these examples of how the Muslims they oppose the Sunnah of the Prophet, and that's just one example about the graves. That is just one topic about the graves. Look at how many different types of opposition the people have. How many contradictions the people have. And that is just the graves. What about everything else in the religion? That is how far the contradictions have reached. And so when we talk about the Muslim Ummah having strength and honor, Strength and honor will come when the Muslim Ummah abandons all of these innovations, abandons all of these made up acts that they've done themselves, never practiced by the Salaf, never commanded by the Prophet. If you want honor for the Ummah, then you have to abandon all of these sins and innovations and oppositions and contradictions. Don't say you're gonna get honor. By carrying on doing all of these contradictions. But you're going to go and demonstrate with some placards outside the embassy. Because the rulers are doing this and the rulers are doing that. And that's why there's no honor in the ummah. And that's why our Muslim brothers and sisters are being attacked. And this is happening and that is happening. You're not going to bring about rectification in the ummah. With your demonstrations and your banners and your wasting of time. The ummah needs to rectify this. This is what we need to change. The Ummah has to come back to practicing the Quran and the Sunnah to abandon all of these innovations, bidah, Shirk. When the Ummah does that, then the honor will come. Honor will not come with demonstrations and politics and this ruler and that ruler and the Ummah is still going to the graveyards and doing all these things every day, everywhere in the world. How are you going to get honor like that? Honor comes by abandoning contradictions to the religion and implementing and practicing what we have been commanded with. When the Ummah does that, then the honor will return and the strength and the power and the dignity and the honor, then it will return just as the Salaf, they had that honor. انتهى كلام ابن القيم رحمه الله في وصف ما احدثه عباد القبور في زمانه وقد زاد الامر بعده وتطور الى اشد واشنع those oppositions and contradictions were mentioned by Ibn al-Qayyim happening at his time that was several hundred years ago now Sheikh Al-Fawzan says it's got even worse In the last few centuries, even more and even worse, it has become even more distant from the sunnah what they do, even more disgusting some of the actions they do. To the extent, That anybody who goes and tells them you can't do this type of things on the graves, it's in opposition to the Qur'an and the Sunnah. They say, you you are somebody who is not mainstream. You're an extremist when it comes to these things. What's wrong with this grave? What's wrong with a little bit of light and flowers and a few stones and uh, uh, some wood and fence? And what's wrong with these small things? You don't know what you're talking about. You're a minority. All the Muslims do this. They'll refute you saying you're a minority. Go away. Everybody does this. And they'll begin to say that you do not have respect for the deceased. You don't respect them. You want just a flat grave, no tombstone, no nothing, no lights, no nothing. You have no respect for the deceased, they'll tell you. And they'll say, you are too harsh. They'll say, you're too harsh. What's the big deal? This is what the people will say. This is how the shaitan has come and whispered to them. That the things which are haram and bad, for them it is beautified. And the actual what is allowed, for them they say, no, that's just minority. You don't know what you're talking about. The actual Sunnah. When you tell them, they say, "No, that's nothing. Nobody does that." So this is the state the people are in. ومن العجب أنهم يغارون لتنقص حق الأولياء حيث اعتبروا ترك عبادتهم تنقصا لهم ولا يغارون لتنقص حق الله بالشرك الأكبر ولا يغارون لتنقص These types of people they get very worked up and agitated If you tell them you can't do these types of things at the graves You can't build these types of uh, beautification and buildings and tombs and shrines on top of the graves They become very worked up at that But they don't get worked up they don't get agitated when it comes to the rights of Allah. They are now taking the rights of Allah by calling upon the dead instead of calling upon Allah. And that doesn't worry them. They are now going against the command of the Prophet wasallam in all of these things you just mentioned. And that doesn't agitate them. Doesn't cause them any problem that they are contradicting the sunnah in so many ways. Do they not care? They claim to have love for Allah and the messenger. And yet when it comes to the pure sunnah, then they will not implement it. They'll oppose it in tens of ways. All of these different methods we just mentioned regarding the graves. They'll oppose the Quran and the sunnah. Doesn't it agitate them opposing the command of the Prophet Wasallam? But it agitates them when you tell them you can't do this. And they say that is the right of the awliya, the deceased. Don't disrespect them. What about your disrespect to the Prophet ﷺ? By disobeying his commandments and not sticking to the prohibitions that we've been told
1: of. Then after that, the Shaykh moves on to an eighth point. You remember from last week we, be, we
0: began the points. We began the points. الله الله the different means that lead on to shirk. What we've just been discussing now it comes in within those first seven that we had mentioned last lesson. Recap from the last lesson for the original seven. Now we move on to number eight in that list, which is continuing from the last lesson. And number eight, another means or a method that leads to shirk, is al ghulu fi haqq. Exaggerating in the right of the Prophet Exaggerating, going to extremes, excessiveness In terms of the rights of the Prophet The Prophet Of course the best of mankind has Elevated rights, but we do not go above those legislated rights. But some people they do, they go above the actual rights of the Prophet that are upon us. There are rights of the Messenger upon us, no doubt, but there are people who go beyond, over, and above them, and that can lead to shirk. (laughs) لَقَدْ نَهَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ عَنِ الْغُلُوِّ فِي تَعْظِيمِهِ وَمَدْحِي The Prophet ﷺ himself forbade us from excessively praising him He forbade us from excessively praising him لِأَنَّ ذَلِكَ يؤدي إِلَى إِشْرَاكِ الْمَخْلُوقِينَ فِي حَقِّ الْخَالِقِ Because when you begin to exaggerate in the rights of the people, you begin to go into excessiveness in raising the rank of the people, then it may lead to shirk in the end.
1: And where did that happen in history? As an example, before that, that's a good example, but before that, before that, Nuh alayhi
0: salam you remember Nuh alayhi salam his people at the time, there were five righteous people who died and everybody went to excessiveness with them and eventually built statues and eventually they got worshipped. It was excessiveness going overboard. And that's why the Prophet told us in a hadith, "Do not raise me, do not go into excessiveness, just as the Christians did with Isa ﷺ." abd. Rather, I am only a servant. فَقُولُوا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ So say that I am the servant of Allah and His messenger. Say that I am the servant of Allah and His messenger. <coughs> and that is in Al-Bukhariya Muslim. That the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, Do not exaggerate in your praise of me. Do not go into excessiveness in your praise of me. Some people they do that to the extent some of them begin to say that the Prophet wasn't even human. They say he wasn't human, he was made out of light. And when he used to walk, he didn't have a shadow because he's made out of light. Excessiveness, ghulu, going into exaggeration. Others they say Allah created the light of Muhammad, and then he created all of the creation from the light of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. All of these exaggerations that they make, ghulu. Has been forbidden. Ahlu Sunnah, do not exaggerate, do not go to excessiveness, neither do they fall short and into negligence. So the Prophet ﷺ was warning us do not exaggerate because otherwise you will end up like the Christians. They exaggerated their praise of Isa, السلام, Jesus. Until they began saying he himself is God as they say. That he himself is not just human, he's God. They praised him and raised him, exaggerated to that level. They began saying he is God himself. And so the Prophet ﷺ warned us from that and said, No, I am just a servant of Allah. So say, I am just a servant of Allah and that I am though the messenger of Allah. So say that he is the messenger of Allah, the best of creation, but he is from the creation and he is a servant of Allah. That's why you say, (laughs) Ashadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. That I bear testimony, Muhammad
1: is his servant and messenger. <coughs> In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referred
0: to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a servant. Allah referred to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a servant. So for example, in Surah Al-Kahf, right at the beginning, Alhamdulillah, الذي Al-Kitab That all praise is due to Allah who revealed upon His servant, the book. In Al-Furqan, right at the beginning, تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي al الْفُرْقَانَ عَلَى abdihi." That be he the most high, glorified, the one who revealed the criteria upon his servant, his abd. Also in al-jin number 19, وَأَنَّهُ لَمَّا And when his servant, the servant of Allah, Arose calling upon him. And then there are other ayat which highlight the other thing, which is that even though he's a servant of Allah, he is the chosen messenger of Allah too. So balance it, do not fall short and into negligence regarding his rights. He is the messenger, the final messenger. For example, Ya Ayyuhar Rasul In the Qur'an, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّبِيِّ In the Qur'an, فَأَبَا الْمُشْرِكُونَ إِلَّا مُخَالَفَةَ أَمْرِهِ But the مشركون they refused anything other than to oppose the command of Allah. وَارْتِكَابْ نَهْيَ And to go and do exactly that which they had been prohibited from they went and did exactly what they'd been prohibited from fa'azzamuhu bima nahaahum anhu wa haddharahum minhu wa naqadhuhu a'zamuna naqadhah wa nasara fi ghuluwihim wa shirkihim wa jara minhum min alghulu fi haqqihi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa sarih fi nafrihim wa some of them they exaggerated went to excessiveness to the level that they were comparable to the Christians and
1: their excessiveness. So you have the famous qasida Burda, everybody knows it, full of absolute shirk,
0: absolute shirk in there. Complete deviance and misguidance in there. But the Muslims, masha'Allah, they read it at their weddings and they read it at their other events. Full of shirk, that poem. An example, Ya Akram al Khalqi Mali man bih Siwaka Hulul al He mentions in this line of poetry that the most noble of creation who can i seek help from besides you when something happens? do you seek help from the prophet make dua ya Rasool Allah, help me madad or do you say ya allah help me who do you call upon who do you make dua to allah you do not make dua to the messenger O oh, messenger help me that is pure shirk making dua to others calling upon others وَمَا بَعْدَهُ مِنَ الْأَبْيَاتِ الَّتِي مَضْمُونُهَا تَوْجِيهُ الدُّعَاءُ وَالْعِيَاذُ وَالْلِيَاذُ إِلَى الْرَسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَطَلَبُ تَفْرِيجِ الْكُرُبَاتِ مِنْهُ فِي أَضْيَقِ الْحَالَاتِ وَأَشْدِّ صُعُبَاتِ نَسِيَ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلُ And the rest of the poem as well, you get more lines next to it. Where he's calling upon the messenger, help me in my times of difficulty, my times of need. That is absolute shirk. Did the Sahaba ever call upon the messenger? Oh Messenger, we call upon you. You answer our dua first, you give us this, you this. Not like that. It is an act of worship making dua. And the dua is therefore for Allah alone. وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي قَرِيبُ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي إِذَا دعان. That if my servants they ask you then I am close. I, meaning Allah, answer the dua of the one who calls upon me. In another hadith, هو العبادة. Dua, it is the core of worship. It's worship. You cannot make your dua to anybody in creation not even to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so this is an example of their ghulu the excessiveness and exaggeration they think this is honoring the messenger oh messenger we call upon you and make dua to you they think this is their love for the messenger this is shirk due to their excessiveness and exaggeration regarding the prophet asking him to get them out of their times of difficulty and to remove the hardship from them, and they forget to make dua and to call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Waqad naha sallallahu alayhi wa sallam an itra ihi wa al itrah huwa ziyadah fil madh. Hatta yufli valka ila shak. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forbade us from exaggerating and going to extremes in praising him, rather the one who wants to show his love for the messenger, wants to show his love for Allah, then that is shown by simply following the commandments of Allah and the messenger and staying away from the prohibitions of Allah and his messenger. That is the sign of true love. Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, قُلْ in kuntum Say, if you truly love Allah, then follow me. Follow the Prophet wasallam) in the sunnah, in the commandments, in staying away from the prohibitions. He told us, that is your sign of love for Allah and the Messenger. Not making up new innovations and new acts of so-called worship, and they are not. You will not be rewarded upon those actions that is where we're going to round off on tonight any questions or anything before we finish then no, nope. because you can go back to the recording it is all there and you should be revising every week if you want to learn this properly you should be revising every week so in fact not only am i gonna say go back to the recording What you've now done is you've created a homework. And so the homework for everybody is next week, we've done eight now, you should be able to tell me what the eight are without looking at your notes. Not everybody's gonna do it, and if you get a problem with it, you can all go take it up with him afterwards. So eight points next week, you should know what they are without looking at your notes. So we'll carry on next week at 7 p.m. inshallah ta'ala. Kalkhul up on that for tonight. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabiya Muhammadu ala alihi wa sahbihi ijma'i.